Welcome once again to Matt and Brett Love Comics, the show where we take comics and talk comics with comics. Just going to keep saying it ad infinitum. This is one of your hosts, Matt. This is your other host, Brett. Wow, you said that with some like serious gravitas. It's been a long week. Long week, man. You all right? You look weary. You look world weary. I'm still tired from last week's episode. (laughs) Yeah? You're still exhausted from (laughs) kick-ass. You got your ass kicked by kick-ass. Oh, jeez. No, just like we we recorded that episode, and then the next day I go into work, and everyone's like, "Oh no, why did Mark Miller have to say all this stuff?" And I was like, "What did he say?" Oh, and no. then I read that yeah. profile, so I was like, "I thought that we were far away from the zeitgeist with our yeah. episode last week." Yeah, we did it on Tuesday, uh-huh. and then come Wednesday, we were in the middle of the zeitgeist. Yeah, and just rode that wave. And I want to thank you guys for talking to us about it on uh, on our Facebook page as well. There's some really interesting discussions coming up there. Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, people agreeing with us, mostly people agreeing with us so far. Uh, a lot of people and, were like, "I'm surprised you're just now getting over Mark Miller." <laughs> That's oh, what I sure, got a lot sure. of. And I was like, "Oh, I don't. I literally hadn't thought about him for like four years." Yeah. Since well, I guess since I saw Kickass. Well, since theater. he moved out. Yeah, since he moved out. Like you guys haven't really like, spoken to each other. Paid half of his security deposit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but we have like a 180 of of tone this week. Oh, we do. We do. We were we were getting we were getting deep in the stuff last week, so we're gonna have we're just gonna have a fun chill session today. Um, joining us is the proprietor proprietor sure founder <laughs> owner whatever yeah all of it of chasing amazing um, one of our new favorite blogs uh, it is one man's quest to purchase and own every single issue of Amazing Spider Man. Um, and he is also the writer of Comics Should Be Good's Gimmick or Good, one of my favorite uh, features, <laughs> especially on that site yeah, or this others. Is like, this is the sweet spot of both of our interests, in a way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mark Janacchio. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Uh, I'm great. Thanks for having me. I'm yeah. I think we'll have some fun today, right? <laughs> yeah, we are going to have some fun. Um, we, talked about, we talked about rape and animal de- decapitation for an hour last week. We did. So no, no more this week. All right, easy. easy. No more. Deep breaths. You got your, <laughs> okay. you got your pointing finger out? No, I'm fine. I'm fine. Well, I want to say, too, before we even got the show started, we almost had some uh, fun happening. Uh, there was a fire alarm and a supposed fire on the 16th floor of the building in which we're recording. Uh, several fire trucks outside. Mark called me and was like, uh, there's a bunch of fire trucks. Is this happening? <laughs> <laughs> Pull out all the stops. Yeah, yeah. We wanted to evacuate the building for best sound quality is what it was. Okay, of course. Yeah. Oh, are we alone? I've- yeah. Cool. I just was worried that I was going to have to trudge back to Brooklyn with you know without a show to record. You know. Oh no, 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 no. I got nothing out of my time tonight. Um, so yeah, so you are uh, you are the uh, chief of staff of Chasing Amazing. So for those for those out there that may not know about it, uh, give us the capsule description. All right, I, I'll try and keep this brief, but I, I, I never do anything too briefly, unfortunately. Um, so so Chasing Amazing uh, essentially chronicles my quests. Uh, which has been going on for the vast majority of my life, about 25 years now, uh, to collect every issue of Amazing Spider-Man. This, you know, I, I bought my first Spider-Man comic as like a seven-year-old on the spinner rack at, you know, I think a local 7-Eleven or a drugstore mm. or something like that. And which issue there. was it? It was uh, Amazing Spider-Man 296, which yes. is uh, a Doc Ock is afraid of Spider-Man and yeah. in the in the mental institute and and. Uh, Spider-Man actually has to fake lose to him in order to give Doc his his confidence back. It had that weird like cover with Spider-Man as a spider. Yes, and like Doc Ock all freaked out. Michelani and McFarlane era. It was right before McFarlane. Yeah, but yeah, but Alex Savilic, I think maybe. Yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. And and. Bust out that knowledge! Yeah, yeah. we're gonna get real nerdy today, guys. <laughs> drop it, drop it. <laughs> um, I feel like we should have like an air horn. We should have an air horn. Someone call Cypher Sounds. Bring his uh, his rig in. Um, yeah, that's great. So so you picked up you picked up that issue, and what was it about it that like really drew you in? Well, it, it was either in two ninety six or the very next issue, two ninety seven. I remember the the, the the opening splash page is. Spider-Man in his black suit, then all like like shivering in the rain because he ran out of web shooter fluid. Yeah, yeah. And 
I just like you talk. You always talk about like the relatability of Peter Parker and Spider Man, and you know I was kind of a you know a dorky loser kid growing up, still am for yeah. the most part. Um, and like I just thought that was just the craziest thing to have your superhero open up his own comic book like in total loser mode, and <laughs> and it just I just instantly connected with the character. Was that your first exposure to Spider Man? Was in that comic, right? You heard like rumors of a Spider Man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about the Spider Man. <laughs> Uh, put the flashlight under the chin. Yes. Yeah. It's man made of spiders. <laughs> Around the campfire. No, it was, I, I think, my, I remember my dad getting me these old VHS tapes when I was like a five-year-old um, that were like basically recordings of the of the 60s cartoons. Oh, and, yeah. And, and there was like a yeah. Spider-Man tape, a Fantastic Four tape, a Red Skull tape, which I guess was from the Captain America yeah. cartoon. And, and um, so that was kind of my first exposure to Spider-Man. Also, I had all the... Uh, Secret Wars action figures growing yes. up. Yes, um, those little those those shields with like the the flick motion yeah. Uh, yeah. pictures. I would I would just sit and just flick them back and forth and think, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> and nowadays, my nephews have iPads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what has happened? Just, yeah, <laughs> it was the advent for the '90s gimmick covers on those little shields. Yes, <laughs> yes. Ah, uh, gimmick figures. Um, as a matter of fact, I actually. Um, Buried my black Spidey figure. I think I was trying to reenact Craven's Last Hunt. Oh and, man! And years later, my mom found her, found him in the backyard, and she has him like on her windowsill in her kitchen. Like, yeah, I found this, and this reminds me what a dork you were as a kid. <laughs> oh, I love it! Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> so every time I visit my parents now, like, I, you know, in, in their kitchen is black Spidey, like dirt covered and just looking. Yearning to go haggard. back to the earth. Yes. Can, can I? Can I just say though, too? I think it's a good thing that you only reenacted part of that story. <laughs> Line because it ends with a man killing himself. Yeah, yeah who was the who was Craven in this situation? <laughs> yeah, well, he was the guy that buried Spider Man. Okay. So, oh, it's, boy, you're yeah. not going deep. Yeah, no more dark deepness. No, no. Keep it light. <laughs> Keep it light. Uh, but that was also a good time to come on because that was like 300. I, from what I understand, being an X Men fan, sure, 300 was a big deal for you, Spider Folk. Yeah, well, 300 yeah. is 300 was actually the issue that kind of made me a collector because I owned it off the rack the first time, loved it, loved McFarlane's art, thought it was the coolest thing ever. Read it so much, I basically read it to a pulp. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I remember like four or five years later when McFarlane was huge, started Image, Spawn, and yeah. um, you know some of the people I was friends with in, in, in junior high, I mean, all they, they, all they talked about was McFarlane, like, and, oh man, I wish I had a copy of, of Main Spider-Man 300, it's like $100, man, and I'm like, oh, I, I had that comic, and they're, yeah. like, they're like, you had that comic? Where is it? I'm like, I, I probably ripped the cover off and oh, colored it, uh, you know, yeah. and so that was like... That got me back into the idea of like, oh, I should buy these and collect them and preserve them. And yeah. I, I remember for like the better part of a year, then I would like go to like local hotel comic book shows looking for a copy of 300 <laughs> that wasn't going to like cost me 100 bucks because, you know, I was 14 years old. I didn't yeah. have that kind of money for that. And, and through that, I started buying other older back issues and it kind of grew into itself. It was like, okay, maybe, maybe, you know, wouldn't it be cool one day if I owned every issue? Whatever. And, you know, now here I am and I'm four issues away and it's kind of, kind of crazy. <laughs> when did you, when did it become, oh, I'm picking up every issue. When did it go from that to, oh, this is, this is getting serious. Like this is happening? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, there, there's, there's this story I, I, I refer to a lot on Chase Amazing called The Big Box of Comics. And um, my then girlfriend, now wife, um, worked with someone who worked at a comic book store. And I'm not going to say where I went because I don't want to incriminate anybody. Uh, <laughs> but she she knew, because around that point, the, the Spider-Man movies had come out, and I forced her to go with me because I you know, thought it was the Raimi movies were the coolest thing at the time. And, oh, yeah. Um, and the fact that he was finally on the big screen in, in a way that was acceptable. And yeah. um, so she she was talking with this guy at work one night, and... Uh, he was like, "Oh, you know, I work at a comic book store, and uh, you know, if, what, what issues does he what issues does he have? Um, maybe I can pick him up some for a nominal fee." And it's like, "Okay," and he ended up like coming in the next day and like drops this huge long box of like all like 
80s and 90s Spider-Man, like, like probably about 150 comics in this thing. Yeah. And, I, you know, we, we threw him a little bit of money. Well, I, I was like, you got to give him more than that. And he's like, that's all he wants. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, like, from that point, I, I mean, I probably had, like, on my own, like, 150 comics. So, like, that all of a sudden accelerated things forward. Now, that that was point, like your spider bite. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, that was, you now all of a sudden had this, you had the power, and now you had the responsibility. Yes. That's right. Yeah, I, I, I had things to do. <laughs> I, 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 I had some buy-in to do. Um, so, like, yeah, that, like, just, like, filled in these huge gaps. And, and yeah, at that point it was like, oh, oh sh- sh- I can do this. Like, you know, yeah. let's, let's, yeah. let's see what we can do. And, 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 you know, that was probably 10, 11 years ago. So, I mean, it's still been a slow and steady crawl. I mean, So like, it was a thing before you even did the blog. Like, it was already a mission in your mind, and yeah. then you decided to devote a lot of writing to it as yeah. well. Yeah, the, the blog was more like, that came out of my wife being like, you need to just start writing about this stuff. And I'm like, nobody yeah. will care about my quest for comics. And like, it's, you know, it developed. There are so many, like, just cable TV shows dedicated to that kind of stuff. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> like our, our culture is now kind of obsessed with, like, the collecting and, like, the hunt and the finding of things and... Yeah, and 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 what I try to do with when I when I especially when I write about the older issues is it's I mean I write about what's in the comics, but I also try to like connect to what this means to me, where I was in my life, yeah, you know, how yeah. I, and, and and even when I write about the new stuff, it's always, I'm always kind of trying to connect things to my past. I mean, you know, like I I call a lot of I title a lot of my posts "Remembrance of Comics Past." It's kind of yeah. like my whole little like look back down memory lane in terms of where I was at the time or, or I mean sometimes the stories are really cool like how I got them I mean there were some hijinks involved and other times it's just like well no I, I went online and bought a bunch of comics yes. and, <laughs> and then you know for those you yeah, you kind of have to stretch stretch things a little bit or maybe my internet more. connection was not persisting yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's um like oh, I wrote an article when Uncanny X-Men or 544 came out the final issue of Uncanny X-Men I wrote an article for CBR as one of my first ones where it's like this is the final issue of uncanny x-men like i they already solicited the first two issues of the next volume i knew it was coming back but it's like this thing of like for 544 months for a good 240 of those i could and map, twice like, a month a couple years in the early 90s yeah <laughs> i could like map like where i was at that time like i remember like reading number uncanny 303 in the in the kroger while my mom was grocery shopping yeah Ili- where iliana dies just like i read it before she even came to get me and i was like we have to buy this she's like you already read it i was like i need to own this you don't understand <laughs> like you can like I, I think that's that kind of drives collecting i think in a way like this this, it's almost like you're buying a diary in a way. The emotional like, resonance yeah. of the story, for sure, for and sure. Like the situations like where you got it, like when you first read it. Ugh. Like the other thing too is also I I I sometimes like rereading some of the stuff and then getting a new perspective on it. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, like you know, I, I one of the comics I have is the, the you know the Roger Stern Kid Who Collects comic books. And, oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And a Kid Who Collects Spider Man and. You know, that's uh, it's such a powerful story, and, you know, first time I read it, it's like, oh, my God, it's so great. And then I had my own kid, and reading it after my kid was born, like, it, I just, I, I, it's still a great story, I still recognize that, but, like, like I was like, oh, I can't do this, this is too depressing, like, I can't, like, imagine my son with, leukemia, you know, cancer oh, or whatever. Sure, oh, sure, sure. And it's just, yeah. like, so totally, like, and, and like, I... I, I like exploring that on the blog, like kind of looking back at these old stories, and not to get heavy. I'm sorry. Oh no, but yeah. <laughs> no, this is good heavy. This is good okay. heavy. Yeah, this is... And, and just having a totally new perspective on yeah. it, and you know, like this story that because what what came out of that was like ranking my favorite issues of ASM when they ended ASM at 700, and a lot of people were like, how do you not put the you know Kid Cook Spider Man on there? And I was like, because it it just it it makes me uncomfortable now. Yeah, um, you can you can acknowledge a thing as being great, but not being a favorite. Yeah. Like those are two different things, I think. Yeah. I, mean, um, I just read the revelations art because I I've discovered my comic shop dot com, which is making buying oh, back issues yeah. so much easier. I know. Oh, uh, we should really get a sponsorship. <laughs> um, and I I realized like Steve Scrooge and Mike Wieringo are two of my like favorite artists, but I've never read their Spider Man stuff, and that stuff will probably never be collected because it's so kind of like in a weird. 
It's like in a weird time in like 1996. Like boy, nah. that 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 whole era. What an interesting time those yeah. books were in. And so I just read the Revelations arc, which is all about Peter and MJ, like their baby getting stolen by Norman Osborn yep. or her having a miscarriage. Yeah, or, it's but, gone both ways. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's fairly obvious that their intention was that baby was stolen. But now they're like, eh. I just. I don't know. No, now they're like, what baby? So, like, does, uh, I don't know, have you read that story recently? Like, does that hit you in any... I haven't. Um, I, I, <laughs> go for it. Go for the pain. I, I actually, like, the, the mid-90s Spider-Man stuff kind of, all the clone stuff kind of drove me away from comics for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, it also came at a time in my life, I mean, I was, like, getting later into high school and starting college and stuff and like you know it was kind of I almost had like this too cool for school attitude yeah. about comics for and they while. weren't helping no, no. <laughs> I was like I was like how do, how do I like you know open up a you know keg party with like so did you see the clone saga I mean you know, just was like, it doesn't yeah. work just to let you know oh, okay. it doesn't work now like seven years later when you're just like hanging out at your friends and you're in like after college you can totally do that yeah which is what happened a lot. That was that, that's that was how like, Brett and I met. We were well. It's like this weird thing. It's like being a comic book fan is like this unspoken thing. If you're not in that social circle in college, yeah. And then so you're like in New York hanging out. You're like, oh, you read comics? It's like this weird like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, can we can we do this? Can we talk about comics? In, <laughs> can in we bring public? the secret society out into the light? Yeah, as adults. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just now reading those, and I like they're interesting. I mean, they're not bad. Uh, I think, well, that, I'm basically reading, like, Peter Parker is just now getting the mantle back. Right. Um, but, like, that C. Scrooge art is so cool. The coloring is horrible. The yeah. coloring and the lettering is just <laughs> nuts. It's like they just discovered computers and were like, well, let's use all the options. <laughs> no, but I, I totally want to reread that stuff, or, or in some cases read it for the first time. Like, I mean, there were so many titles at that point that yeah. like, were splintering off that I, I know that there are some, like, totally off my radar or, or like I just don't remember because I wasn't keeping up with it I mean that was I mean that that kind of drove my frustration with it too it was like I don't have money for like yeah. six Spidey books every every month oh yeah yeah you know, like, yeah because it was it was a week to week saga they were doing that with Superman and Spider-Man right yeah at that time oh and Batman too like all of the books were going week to week they all had four books and they were coming out weekly so across the month you had to pick all of them up yeah x-men and uncanny were bi-weekly basically they oh them, right yeah because they were going back and forth yeah um so have you read like when you got that big long box of comics did you actually read plow through all of them um, or i one one way or another i have yeah okay um i mean so we're t- and that's like that's like there was some good stuff in there. It's the bulk of like the Roger Stern run on, okay. on ASM. Um, a lot of um, like McFarlane stuff and Larson stuff. And, and then, how long was then, McFarlane on the book? Not long. This is not. No, long. it was uh, two ninety eight to three twenty three twenty eight was his last issue. That's right. a, that is a substantial run. Yeah, it, this doesn't feel long. Well, they were also going I think twice a month at some point. Too. Yeah, yeah. They the there were at least two. Bi-monthly summer runs in there because assassination plot, which was at the end, was was bi-monthly, and then I'm with my air horn. I'm waiting with the air horn. Hold drop on, some, drop some obscure knowledge. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I think the other, I think the other bi-monthly, bi-weekly run was was it? The, it was another Silver Sable story, right? Round Robin. That was later, right? Yeah, yeah that was ba- that was uh, Bagley. Um, ah, Sniz. It was. Uh, well, it would have been like a year before that, right? So it was, it was like the three oh nine. Yeah, was like, I remember three oh five for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right around the time that he was doing the tour for Webs. Yes. Right? Yes. And they went out to California, and he fought the chameleon. There's that chameleon cover, right? With him half Spider Man as a uh, as a close up. Yeah. Yeah, that McFarlane run was all about taking classic villains and letting him do awesome covers with them. <laughs> yeah, it really, it really was. Have you read the uh, Marvel Untold story? The book no, that Sean wrote? No, that's, that's, that's one of those series that I just totally like swung, swung a miss on. Like I, the, um, the book, the it's the the tell-all book about the history of Marvel. That Oh, oh, oh yeah, oh, that. the Sean Howe book. Oh, yeah, yeah. About Untold, uh, oh no, that, that was Kurt Music. Was there? Um, yes. But, like, yeah. McFarlane, like, all the information about McFarlane at that time just turned me off of him as a human being. Yeah. Because he was just like, who cares about story? I'll just I'll draw the fucking phone book and put it, like, who cares? Yeah. Like, he was so well, angry. Well, even if you read, like, the, the, the um, 
letter from or, or the notes from McFarlane when you read like Spider-Man number one, like the McFarlane yeah. Spider-Man. It's just very like, so why do we need another title? And it's like, because I want to do it, damn it, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah like, it really like the letters column is him explaining why there is another one, and it's pretty much just like, well, I wanted one, and now I have it, and boy, oh boy, that first story that is five issues of a one issue story. <laughs> Well, I, 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 I when I reviewed it for Gimmick or Good, I, I think I called McFarlane's writing. It sounded like you know, like from the Gotham Writers Workshop. Like I just imagined him like, <laughs> like, like, okay, I can do that. Uh, you know, let's do Doom on every page. Yeah, yeah. And I need one of his classes, right? Just one week. Got it. Okay. <laughs> it was, like he was sitting in the back of a three-hour workshop and like absentmindedly wrote the words "rise above it all." Yeah. And then he was like, "What a catchphrase! I'm gonna put it on every page." <laughs> uh, your your goal chasing amazing is not like seeking sensational or like seeking spectacular. You're specifically focusing on amazing. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, amazing is to me it's the flagship title. Yeah. It's where the bulk of the most important stuff happens. I mean, not you can make an argument about it being the best stuff because I mean, there's certainly been times where the B titles I think were better than yeah. than amazing. But sure. Um, you know, it's where the bulk of like the key first appearances are, and and things like that. So that's that, and of course it goes and it goes back fifty plus years. So do I you mean, foresee branching out to the other ones, um, <laughs> the biting off more than you can chew? What was the second one? Was Peter Parker right? No, it was spectacular. Was well, that the Peter, Parker's was spectacular. Peter Parker? Spectacular. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, then, okay. yeah, they changed the name. Yeah, because I think it was that. Then what? Well, no, Marvel Team Up was actually the first. Oh yeah, B title. Right. Um, and like for me, I'm more interested like. As a collector, I'm getting like specific runs on some of those stories. Like, I'd love to have like the whole Claremont run on Marvel Team Up. Oh and... yeah, well, it's all Claremont Burn too. Yeah, yeah. Like that's proto X Men stuff on there, which is amazing. Yeah, they did. Um, there's like a really weird Red Sonia Marvel Team Up yeah. issue where uh, it's like Cool and Goth comes forward. Right? Anybody remember this? I well, that's... I remember him from his from the X Men storyline. I do yeah. like don't like. And it was, it's really disturbing, but like, I remember reading it as a reprint in, um, uh, oh man, why am I blank? Marvel Tales. Yeah, because Marvel yeah. Tales would reprint, they would, yeah. yeah, the team up. They were on the team up run and being really disturbed by that story. <laughs> so I don't think they can collect it anymore. I actually recently just picked up like a trade paperback of some of the Claremont Burn stuff on Team yeah. Up, and they can't put that one in it because of the ownership. Oh, because of the rights. Oh, yeah. She's at Dynamite now, right? Because yeah. Gail Simone's doing that book. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you, you said you, you uh, only have four more left to get. Right. So that's what issue... Do you know the issues off the top of your head? Oh, yeah. Those four oh, yeah. numbers? Oh, let's see if we can do this. <laughs> well, it's only four, so it's kind of easy to remember. It's it, Going backwards, it's it's 16, which is a Daredevil crossover. Yes. Um, there's six, First Lizard, um, three, First Doc Ock, and then issue one, which is like the Holy Grail, if you don't consider Amazing Fantasy 15, which is... Yeah. Usually what, what, what I get a lot from people is, so once you finish the run, you're getting Amazing Fantasy, right? And I'm like... Oh, well, if I win the lottery? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, Amazing 1 is pushing it. Like, that's a that's a pretty expensive book. Yeah, I mean, I, I look for these... I mean, also for full disclosure, I don't necessarily shoot for, like, high-grade oh, copies yeah. here. I yeah, mean, like, sure. You know, like a nice, very good, you know, with a, with a, with a cover... Having some you know aesthetic value, yeah, that yeah. works for me, and and I don't I don't necessarily need to have you know a, a, an eight point on the CGC scale or anything like that, yeah. yeah. And I don't like any of the slabbed books too because I, I I do actually like to be able to, yeah. I well also the things with all those sixes I'm I'm doing a blog project of my own where I'm just trying to read all of Marvel from in order. It's kind of like the Marvel Genesis blog spot that yeah. used to be around that I don't think he updates anymore. Uh, but I have, like, all the PDFs from those, like, 50 years of Spider-Man, like, PDFs and that they do those. And those include, like, all the letters pages and all the pinups and stuff oh, wow. that don't get reprinted in, like, the Masterworks editions. Right. And they used to do all these, like, also, like, the crazy house ads from that time. Like, Marvel does it again with two more books this month. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love yeah, two Titanic Tales and two terrific months. So good. And if you just get, like, the, the reprinted trade paperbacks, you're not getting all those things. So you definitely have to keep them unslabbed. Yeah, right? I own one slabbed book. It's uh, Amazing Spider-Man 328. It's the last McFarlane issue. It's a 9.9. Wow. Uh, I had it uh, in a frame on top of my bookshelf, 
And the tone of this story mean, lets me think it's going to a bad place. Yeah, yeah, because... Um, oh, no. Because, uh, you know, you pay for a slapped book, and I had it sitting on the bookshelf, and there was a strong enough gust of wind when I had the windows open in the spring. Uh, it blew it off the top, so now the slab is cracked. Oh. The book is fine. Okay. The slab's cracked, though, which is like... Defeats the purpose? Yeah. I, like. I was like, great. So glad, so glad I invested in this. Was, well, because it's not... Cheap either, right? It's no, done well, that, it like... wasn't horribly expensive. I got it on an, uh, an auction. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and it adds like what another hundred bucks to the price sometimes. I oh, mean, wow. yeah. I mean, it can it can be pretty, and especially like a nine point nine. I mean, like yeah, it's not considered a gem mint, right? I I I spent less than seventy five dollars on it. I okay. would say that um, because I, it was a my comic shop auction, so I lucked plug, out there. Plug plug plug. There but I still <laughs> yeah. But still like. I, I felt so. I was so excited to have that issue. That cover is like one of my favorite covers. It sold for like the the original art of the cover sold for six figures. Oh yeah. Um, it's Spider Man punching the Hulk through like the top of the issue, and the uh, the cover logo is falling apart okay. as part of it. It's that's, really cool. That's the yeah. cosmic Spidey phase. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I, yeah. My my goal, being an X Men person, was to own Uncanny ninety four, which is the you know, the reboot of the team in nineteen seventy five, and that's another like, do I have thousands of dollars to drop? No, I don't. But I found uh, I was just at New York Comic Con like, like last year, so a year ago, just going through back issues at one of the vendors, and then there was an Uncanny ninety four just in there. Which usually those are up on a wall or like behind <laughs> yeah, yeah. glass, and it was like I think it was like it was forty five dollars, and then an additional. No, I think it was like might have been eighty, but like fifty percent off. Wow. So and it's like it is separated. Like the staples don't work. They might not, it might not even have staples. Like the cover is kind of torn. It's all folded. Like it's not in good shape. But it is uncanny ninety four, and it is framed in my living room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I I will never be able to own. A mint copy of that, so I will take a 1.0. Well, that's it. I mean, for me, like my my big bugaboo is I, I like the cover to have some integrity. Yeah, like, like yeah. I mean, like if there's crap on the inside, someone cut out a coupon in the back or something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I, I I can forgive that, but <laughs> like you know, but if someone like if it looks like the cover got like run over by a truck or something, then I <laughs> I, I, I kind of lose interest in it. And you know, or Did you. Now, do, do you display them at all? Do you have them up? In I mean, the how house, do you keep or? them? I am I am very interested in how people yeah. store comics. All right, so so I, I I totally fill out like I guess the nerdy stereotype. I, I don't actually keep them in my. I, I live in small little Brooklyn apartment with my wife and my toddler son. Yeah. Um. So um. I actually keep them at my parents' house. Uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, in my old childhood bedroom growing up. With yeah. <laughs> and just in short boxes though. I just I, I do uh, I designate one short box for every hundred issues. Okay. Um, I got my my one to ninety nine box and then you know so. Oh, on, so cool. On. Yeah. So. Oh, man. I like that. I like that, yeah. I mean, but I've thought about, like, once I get one and, you know, do I display them somehow or... But I, I don't know. Now, uh, we would mentioned it briefly before. Um, you also have a column on uh, on a great blog called Comics Should Be Good. And the name of the column is Gimmick or Good. Right. Uh, and you go through it seems like so far mostly the 90s right yeah i mean that's that's where we'll likely live i mean yeah i mean because the you know the genesis of the the idea came from the fact that you know i've been you know noticing with a lot of today's comics i mean they're kind of revisiting a lot of these gimmicks that we have in the 90s the variants tipping their toes in you know you have age voltron 10 in a poly bag and and, and, you know the die cut covers for the batman snyder story 14 i mean all these different things and I was like, and I would talk to, like, retailers or other fans about it, and, you know, the thing that they would always come back and say was, well, you know, the difference between now and then is that the, um, today's comics are, are good, they're better, they're, they're better written, there's more, and, yeah. you know, which is, you know. That's, uh, you know, that's um, taste. Sure. Yeah. So I wanted to go back to the 90s, because that's, I mean, that really is kind of like my, my, my big time years of reading comics as a kid and and see like well, you know these stories that i remember are, are they were they actually good or were they crap and, yeah and it's kind of fun going back and, and it also gives me an opportunity to write about different 
series and, and, and not you know, just cre- Spider-Man right exactly. have you done a Spider-Man gimmick or good yet I've done a few um, like I did the McFarlane Spider-Man <laughs> I mean, my favorite is 400 which is just like it's the, it's the Aunt May's tombstone thing yes and it's just the ugliest cover and it's like that slight what embossing or whatever is that yeah. what it's called mm-hmm. where it's like you can't it just looks like a ugly gray cover it's a terrible cover <laughs> but it's a great comic okay. it's a I, I got a letter published in Amazing about that issue hmm. uh, in 409, the one with the first full appearance of the female Dr. Octopus. Right, right, right. Um, there was a female Dr. Octopus. Dr. Octopusy? Yeah, I know who that yeah. is. Because <laughs> he got his, he got his uh, head, <laughs> head snapped by Kane. Yeah. The, the clone. Yeah, uh, yeah. Who is, oh, wait. And that's Scarlet Spider right and now. And that's yeah. why when that series debuts, it's going to be a big deal. Are, it's, are, uh, yeah. It's going to be their first get-together. Since. Yeah. Stunner's, Stunner is coming. Uh, Doc Ock's girlfriend from that era is going to be back in and Superior Slott, this November. Dan Slott knows this and is going to actually acknowledge it. Yeah, well, I think it's going to be Chris Yosso because I think it's okay. it's going to be Superior Team oh, okay. and Scarlet Spider. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. So they, they, they're going to actually acknowledge that. Yeah. That, that, that's the thing that usually annoys me is like when characters meet. <laughs> they had a big moment like yeah. that. I'm like, yeah. Eh, no, I, re- I read an interview with Yost, and he said very definitively that the mem- you know, Doc Ock's memories will be there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> getting his nep snapped by this maniac? Yeah. Until, and, you know, oh. So he got resurrected by the hand, I think. Right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was resurrected by the hand. It was a DeFalco Scross issue. Okay. I'll be um, hitting that soon. It was gorgeous because it was. Scross wasn't on there long, was he? No. It was like 10 issues, maybe? Or? And of those 10, I think he may have drawn five. Yeah. Like, he's. Well, that was not... before Gambit. Because he, it was Cable, X Man, Amazing Spider Man, and then Gambit, right? Because uh, Gambit was like ninety seven. No, 98. no, no. I think Gambit was right before that, and they took him off Gambit to huh. do, to do that. Because I think he left Amazing. I think he left Amazing to do storyboards for the Matrix. Or he also did Tarzan. Disney's oh really? Tarzan? Well, there you go. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> Steve Scrooge knowledge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Scrooge, 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 Scrooge. I like that guy. He's a really good artist. <laughs> yeah. So gimmicks, yes, gimmicks and uh, gimmicks are good. And I, I, I feel like uh, every time I get to the end of one of those posts, I am agreeing with you. Okay, like every time, uh, I love it, and I love that um, you're de- you've recently delved into uh, uh, some really great stuff, like the Exo Man of War Zero issue. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was at a, a, a comic book shop. Uh, me or my uh, my wife's family up in Massachusetts, and he had like a quarter box of, of 90s stuff, oh, and I yeah. I dug that one out, I, and I was like, oh great, I got new material, this is amazing. <laughs> yes. Have you done Rub the Blood? I, I haven't, I haven't oh, done that. Rub the Blood! Because <laughs> that's not how you, pre- you don't just say Rub the I'm Blood, sorry. it's not pronounced that way, because there's sorry. an exclamation point, <laughs> and from, it's an extreme comic. so yeah. Tennessee, we just I, yeah. Rub the Blood. I mean, I did, I did Young Blood. Recently, so I, I kind of want to like space out my sure. uh, my legal, you know, <laughs> your blood, your yeah, blood yeah. comics. Uh, what have you read? I mean, what was the worst? What was the most gimmicky? Like the worst one you've read? Well, gimmicky in terms of content or gimmicky in terms of cover? I guess I'm I'm, I'm more interested in, in the content. I want yeah, to know like, what you, was the worst issue in the I, 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 Like, I mean, I know it's easy to pile on, but I really thought Young Blood number one was the biggest pile of trash I've ever what was the cover oh for that boy. Like, was it, it was gimmick? a flip book with like trading cards or something okay. like that. that's pretty gimmicky it yeah. was um, like Hank Canals I think was the guy that scripted it it was like uh, one of Liefeld's old like like childhood friends he's now like the oh, president of entertainment at DC oh, um, but he scripted but he scripted that first issue and um, Liefeld actually fired him off the book <laughs> um, it's just like I would love to see like yo man I got my childhood friend to write this it's gonna be great you're fine <laughs> like just yeah. like night and day smash cut it like, was just um, it is it's a mess it's it's a real mess yeah I, I mean like just everything about it was just, I mean the art is terrible the story is terrible the, the, the dialogue is terrible yeah I mean. and it just and it doesn't end it stops Okay. Like the story, like one of the stories actually ends. The other one just kind of stops, and it was a. It, it's no X Force number one. No, actually, X Force number one has far more structure to it, and yeah. you know, even yeah. though the gimmick there is uh, far more hilarious, what like the, the polybagged with multiple trading cards. So you have to buy the exact same physical issue right. multiple times. Yeah, <laughs> at least six times, I think. Yeah. What was the? What's been the best one? 
uh, content-wise? Oof. Um... I feel like everyone's going to ask about the covers. Let's ask about the content. You can say X-Men 25, Wolverine 75. That was fun. I don't know if it was fast. <laughs> Here you go. Here you go. Pushing your X-Gender. I X-Gender. I, I like... will not... That, I would say, X-Men 25 might was probably the first comic... So I'd only been reading comics for maybe three or four months at that time, like Fatal mm-hmm. Attractions. I I was thrown in. Uncanny three hundred was was one of my first issues, and that's like hollow foil X right. cover. Yep, yep. And then like four months later, there's like what? Hold on. I was like as a as a nine year old, I could not understand why they were celebrating the three hundredth issue and then the thirtieth anniversary and how those were like four months apart. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just like the math of it freaked me out. But X-Men 25, when Wolverine got it, gets his adamantium ripped out. I remember reading that. I was standing upright. I guess we had just gotten out of the car and were walking into the den. And I just remember standing there reading it, and my jaw dropping, and I did not breathe. I stopped breathing. And I was like, whoa. And I immediately like, read the issue again. Like, that was, like, such an important moment. I guess it, I think it probably still hangs up. Yeah. It holds up. Yeah. I, well, I think, I mean, the comic should be good actually did, like, a, like a reader vote uh, top 50 X-Men stories. Oh, yeah. That was that a great, was, that was a great like, feature. That was, like, up there, I think, in the top 20, at least. Yeah. yeah. I had I had, I had thoughts about that list, but... Well, of course you did. <laughs> no, I, I didn't love vote it. in it. No, I mean, uh, they got most of it pretty right. I'd have to, I would have to have the list in front of me. Sure. In order to really get anal about it. Um, now, what, uh, what would you say is your favorite gimmick? Doesn't necessarily <laughs> have to be, like, good, but, like... Either, either ironically or or genuinely. Right. I actually okay. If you're gonna do a poly bag, I love yeah. what they did for Death of Superman, where they actually put crap in the poly bag. Oh, yes. What all was in there? Oh, an armband. Uh, <laughs> a special obituary from the Daily Planet. Yes. Oh wow. Uh, a That's poster cool. that was his tombstone that said, "Here lies Earth's mightiest or Earth's greatest superhero." Yeah. That's great. Like so. That's. I mean, you know, you're getting some bang for your buck for that. I yeah. Think that's cool. <laughs> Um, I really liked the chromium effect on Exo Man of War Zero, just because yeah. it was like the painted chromium or something. Yeah. It was just kind of a class above, like what Marvel was really doing. And yeah, you see to some extent, but it's most most of the, that's the thing. Most of the stuff is also uh, Marvel. So yeah, I mean, I also like uh, Generation X number one cover. I like that was that. the first cro- that was the first chromium foil cover. Cause, yeah, because after that they did both X-Men Alpha and X-Men Omega, that style. Mm-hmm. And then X-Men Prime was this weird thing where it was like a normal paper, like glossy paper stock, like sunburst kind of color scheme. And then overlay was like this transparent, like textured yeah. like thing, paper overlay. Yeah, yeah. They, they did that, I think they later did that for Spectacular Spider-Man when he, when, when Peter and Mary Jane left the book and gave... Ben, the mantle. Yeah, it was like love a weird overlay like that. Love that costume. The Dan Jurgens Spider Man, Ben Riley Spider Man costume. Yeah, I oh, love yeah. that costume. Um, do you have a favorite like supporting characters in all of your Amazing Spider Man run? Like, are there like any issues like, oh yeah, Black Hat issue? Like, oh I'm glad about this. Or, um, I mean, Hypno Hustler. Yeah, <laughs> Hypno Hustler. Everyone loves the Hypno Hustler. <laughs> um, I, I like making fun of Hypno Hustler. Um, in terms of, I think it depends on who. The run, who's doing the run? Like I actually yeah. like really love when you look at like old spectacular, like Bill Mantlo doing Black Hat and Peter, or, yeah. or Black Hat and Spider Man. Like I think that's like like really underappreciated. People think it's like corny or hokey or whatever. I find it a lot of fun. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, just in terms of villains, I, I always get up for a Doc Ock appearance. I mean, he was the first villain on yeah. my. Oh um, yeah, in my first comic. So I mean, that's a big deal. He still have to get his first appearance too. I know. Well, and it's the first appearance of the Superior Spider-Man now too. So. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. <laughs> like the um, the random issue of Daredevil, the recent issue of Daredevil, where he crosses over with Superior Spider-Man, is now like worth like twenty bucks on Comic Book Realm. What I really? Just, I just every now and then I'll go through, and it's like first because it's I guess like maybe release date wise, it is the first appearance of Superior Spider Man. Is that? Oh yeah, yeah. So it's just like for twenty bucks. It's like okay, that's weird. I won't sell it because I like it. And yeah, I'm just, yeah, it's a good story. Can't be bothered to do that. Uh, I want to I want to put you guys as two Superman Super Spider Man fans up uh, to hopefully fight. I really want y'all to, to argue. Oh well, we did pad the walls. Yeah, <laughs> um, Gwen or Mary Jane. 
who is Spider-Man's Peter Parker's soulmate. You son of a bitch. Oh, man. Dun, dun, dun. I... Or other. I don't know. You know what's interesting, because I think Carly that... Cooper? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely Carly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was actually... Uh, it's actually Shoshan. <laughs> It was Shoshan. And, Who was that? Uh, that was Flash's burr, burr, girlfriend. <laughs> Shoshan! It's a deep cut. Yeah. From, uh, from Flash's Vietnam days. Oh, yeah. wow. It was his Vietnamese girlfriend. Oh, what, really? Came, yeah. Did she come, but she come back with him? Or Did she come back? Yeah, yeah she did. Yeah, yeah. She did, because when he, he was like came back as a war hero, and he's like, this is my girlfriend, and they were like, what? And then when everyone thought he was the Hobgoblin, she sells him out. And this is yeah. like, you know, you tried to beat me once, so no, I'm not going to yeah. defend you. tried to beat her? Oh, I mean, he's not a good boy. character. I mean, it's... I mean he's, he's a good character because he is a trouble character. Anyway, sidetrack. <laughs> Very interesting sidetrack. <laughs> uh, I'll preface it by saying I think a lot of times what happens is when you step into a story or you become attached to a property like that, whoever is sort of in that in that sphere at yeah. that time in the story becomes that person. You know, you have a lot of people that think Spike and Buffy should have always been nope. together. Uh, <laughs> Mark's shaking his head, yeah. Uh, my, my, my wife's a big Buffy person. Yeah, there you go, yeah. Uh, for my money, I have to say Mary Jane. I was going to say, for me, it, it, it also depends on the writer, too. Yeah. Like, you, you know. No, man, just go for it. <laughs> just kidding. Well, you know, you know what it is? You know what it is, too? And uh, as I'm thinking about it right now, like, what to me appeals... Uh, and it, I think more it boils down to like not who's the best match for Peter, but which of Peter's girlfriends would be the best match for you when yeah. you put yourself in Peter's yeah, shoes? Because Peter is the character you're supposed yeah. to put yourself in. Yeah. And I think that, and, and you know, for my money, I think it's Mary Jane. I'm an extrovert. I'm a guy that likes to go out. I like partying. I like having fun. Uh, I, I, I've gotten into a lot of uh, stupid shit through my life and Mary Jane seems like the type of girl that would have yeah. always been like she riding was, yeah. shotgun during yeah. that. Right, except that she could eventually be tamed and, and domesticated and then, <laughs> you know, but I don't know. She had two sides to her. Yeah. She did. Oh yeah, I guess she eventually did, didn't she? Yeah, she, she down very a little much. Bit. She did. Yeah. Well, and then like, I, I mean, my, my Spider-Man heyday, uh, 2001 when JMS took over, like the X-Men books were just so beyond me like I was lost and Amazing Spider-Man somehow became like this home for me and I like yeah. loved the JMS John Romita Jr. stuff oh yeah um, I don't know how well it ha- is ridiculously verbose like when I look at it now like JMS crams so many words on a page but like so that is my Spider-Man I guess because uh, I came to it super late but like I love the stuff he did with Mary Jane in that and I love all the Mary Jane stuff uh, I even like um I don't know, as bad as, uh, what, One Moment in Time, that recent, yeah, as bad as, (laughs) you physically, you physically shook, as bad as that, like, arc is, I feel like it really did a lot to sell me on, like, I remember putting, finishing that last issue and just being like, I am a Mary Jane Peter Parker guy. To there, that just did it. This bad storyline that I say is bad. Yeah. Well, well, also under JMS, you know, Gwen Stacy slept with Norman Osborn, so you know, yeah. that, oh, that, kind boy. Of, that kind of defiled her a little. What? Bit. Oh, what that, there's that one. Sh- there's that one what? panel that, that we're so- all laughing about it because we that, know it's the Norman Osborn canon? like point still- of view <laughs> sex panel. Is that still canon? Uh, have they? I, they have to have like called that into question, right? That storyline, that was Gwen, because there was a period of time where Gwen Stacy was in France, correct? Or something like she was... Lon- well, London. Yeah. Yeah. Studying, yeah, yeah, studying abroad. Studied abroad. And that and was... And then Norman of Osborne studied abroad. <laughs> but, like, that, that period of her timeline was never covered for. Like, they never really said what she did during that time period, right? Like It was just a way to get her out, out of the yeah. book and kind of a drink. Because that was right after... <laughs> Uh, Captain Stacy died too, yeah, right? Yeah so, yeah. so we are to assume that like she hooked up with Norman Osborne and then she got pregnant, had kids, came back and then died. Yes. yes. Yeah, 
And I think what they were trying to do there was add gravitas to the fact that Norman Osborn killed what was considered already, Spider-Man's uh, uh, already had graf- repairing. Already had gravitas. Yeah. Already had it. Yeah, yeah. All, and that also, and those, did those, kid, those kids were artificially aged, right? Well, Early. from the Goblin Serum or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Goblin Serum. <laughs> Meaning, that's, you know, that's what Norman uh, Osborn calls his semen. Uh, yes. <laughs> I, that, God, that... They, they've undone that, right? They didn't really undo it. They had us. There was a mini series yes. where they followed those kids. As and no one bought like, it. Negative or, people bought it. It was not. It did not sell well. No. I don't think so. No. Um, but they kind of followed those kids for a while. Uh, I, it almost felt like looking at the issues that they put out. It almost felt like obligation by the company. It's like, well, we were, we created them. We created this monster. And and you know, and this is what always kills me about JMS because he has he did do some great stuff. I think yeah. in his run, but like yeah. all the stuff that is reviled, he like finds every which way to distance himself from, which sure. kind of fits his mo. I mean, like he's like, oh, I yeah. had nothing to do with that. That was all editorial, and it's like. Yeah, but you'll take the credit for like the stuff that people loved, right? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. You'll uh, you'll you'll take credit for the opening arc that reestablished Spider-Man, and right. Axel the, Alonso was the guy that brought you in and wanted you to do that, right? And the September 11th issue, yeah, which I found. <laughs> uh, I used to work for Wizard Magazine, um, so there were just comic books laying around everywhere, and uh, I was just going to the bathroom, the upstairs bathroom. And now, mind you, upstairs was where all the people who didn't read comics and worked on the business side sat and I was in conventions which was also up there downstairs was editorial so if you were gonna find a comic book in the garbage in the garbage of a bathroom it would have been downstairs not upstairs but yet lo and behold I go into a stall in the upstairs bathroom and there is Amazing Spider-Man number 36 yes the black cover and I'm like looking down I was like what in the stall? Like, there was a trash can in the stall, That's and hilarious. that comic was in there. I saw it. Th- that was the one issue of JMS's run I did not own. Yeah. And so I was like, well, there it is. And I was like, but it's in the bathroom. I'm not taking it. <laughs> I left it in there. You took a toilet book, didn't you? <laughs> I you went, took a toilet book. <laughs> I went back and told my, co- my co-worker, Adam... He was like, dude, go get that. <laughs> yeah. The next day, I go back, and it was, I think it was in, like, the giant dump, the, the giant dumpster, in the hallway outside the bathroom, not outside. It's still a toilet book. And I, t- I took it. Yes! <laughs> uh, and I immediately polybagged it. I don't think I've touched it since. That's but good. it's like, who in the hell was reading the September 11th of Spider-Man <laughs> on the toilet? That's so true. <laughs> on the toilet. Some light reading. What are you doing? Well, I pass back. Also, this is 2008. Eight. That book had been out for like seven years. Yeah. You know what always helps me go to the bathroom is Dr. Doom crying. Right? <laughs> He's not crying. Oh. He's crying from the smell. Horrible. Um, jeez. I don't know how I can continue after that story. Uh, that was an interesting gimmick, too, because they literally, they delayed... Like the the shipping schedule for three weeks and crammed that issue in. Like, yeah, John Romita Jr. like blew through that. Yeah, you're also you are collecting all volume two, right? Like, oh yeah, you're, you're oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. This it's everything one to seven hundred, including yeah. the 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 non the issues. Like Amazing that. Scarlet Spider and all the. Well, no, not Scarlet Spider. Well, yeah. well, if it's part of the AS. Oh right, that was renumbered. Yeah, that technically yeah. wasn't right. Yeah. I mean. Get with it. Sorry. I'm going to set another table for the rest of the podcast. (laughs) Like, I consider a lot of the Volume 2 stuff to be kind of like an addition to the 400s. I mean, like... Yeah, absolutely. I mean... Well, and they even considered it that way when they started doing that, like, gray numbering. Like, where they'd be like, this is 36, and it's it's also, for all of you people that care, number 380, or whatever, you know. That's like, when when people ask me, oh, are you going to... Do you consider 700 to be, like, the bookend... And, you know, I know Marvel has said, oh, no, this is it. It's the end. It's the end. Um, you just know once they get around to, like, 800. They're oh, gonna, yeah. They're going to, I mean, like, how, how, do you, how do you turn down an opportunity to have an 800th issue? Yeah, they're something? not. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I fully, like, I fully expect there to be an uncanny 600. Yeah, uh, it's just, I mean, yeah. You got to do it. They'll, 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 it's an easier way to make a lot of money. I just, like, I wish, I, I feel like in the future, comic book companies are just going to be like, every issue is just a multiple of 25. Every issue Twenty-five, fifty. Just get rid of all the numbers in between. The original, uh, the original Radioactive Man miniseries by Bongo Comics. Yeah, like the Simpsons Radioactive Man. Every issue was some ridiculous issue number, and they were all like, like 
Important collector's issues. <laughs> Just it, it was exactly that. Oh, good times. Sounds yeah, like a gimmick or good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gimmick or good series edition. There you go. Uh, what? As I, I am personally trying to do this with Uncanny X Men. And I actually would like your blog almost made me be like, do I need to do this? Like, do I need to start a blog? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but I, I think I am missing because I, I have every issue of Uncanny X Men from number one twenty five on one twenty five to five fifty four, five forty four, and then I think I have about forty issues before that. Mm-hmm. The problem with Uncanny X Men is that a good thirty of those are just reprint issues. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, if 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 thirty issues of Amazing Spider Man were just like. We're just we're, we're reprint issues that were also from the early seventies, so they're also expensive. The one the, what would you do? The thing I get that's kind of related to that is like uh, the the annuals. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, yeah, there's there's some important annuals, and there are just Speedball's ones. first appearance. Is one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, also the Sinister Six and the Marriage well, of Speedball. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so and then some of them are Atlantis attacks crossovers. Yes. <laughs> yeah, with with, with Liefeld again. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Liefeld drew, drew Spider Man. He mm. did an Abomination issue with yeah. She Hulk. Well, and he also did the X Force crossover Sideways issue. So yep. Um, and that was McFarlane and Liefeld. And Liefeld. Anyway, X-Force, continue. Yeah. I'm sorry. And this is like enraged some of my readers. I actually don't count the annuals. Yeah. Because it's just like. I don't know. Like, I think that's fair. Yeah. Also, it's your rules. You're allowed yeah, to. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. It's, it's like, like, like who's going to come down and be like, you do not have the complete run. <laughs> yeah. This is a lie. Yeah. It's like, it's, you, you, it can hold up in court, I think. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not, I'm probably, I don't know, I don't think I'll ever buy those reprint issues. Because, I don't know, who cares. Um, but I, I totally relate to that thrill of seeing, like, an old issue. Like, I came across Uncanny number 8, I think. I think it was the, the Namor issue. I have been 6 when I was in St. Louis. And it was 50 bucks, but I but it also wasn't in that great a condition. Mm-hmm. But it was still, like, that's number 6. So what's yeah. the oldest one you have? Uh, I think I have 20. Number okay. 20. Uh, see, I also don't even, I don't even remember. Because I don't have, you have almost all of them. So those you remember, remember those four is easy. Right. Uh, yeah. I think I, like, 20, I might have, like, 18 or 19. Um, but Banshee's first appearance is like the first one that I got when I was like in seventh grade and I traded 70 G.I. Joes to my comic book shop for that issue. Nice. Uh, and I don't think he would, he ended up not being that happy about it. I think. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think I made out on this deal. No, he did not make out. Uh, okay on that, but I have that issue. Wait till you get your first single digit. It's, it's, it's my first single digit was, uh, ASM nine first electro. Yeah. And that was just kind of like this, like, Oh yeah. Crowning moment for me. Like, Oh my God, it's a single digit. It's only one number. This is amazing. (laughs) Well, I got 94. I think I just like sat around just like staring at it. Like, I can't believe like my hands are on this thing. Yeah. It's like seeing a celebrity. Like you were telling me over G-Chat earlier today. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, the first time um, we were at Heroes Con uh, in June, and I was wandering the floor, and I was admiring this guy's collection on the wall in his booth, and a guy walked over with his kid and was like, I will take Amazing Spider-Man number five. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Doc Doom issue, and issue. I just stood there and stared at them, and then they, like, both looked at me, and I realized I was being this kind of uh, creep show, and I was like, all right, I can't afford that, so is it cool if I just sit here and watch this <laughs> transaction because this is awesome? And they were like, <laughs> they laughed, and they were like, yeah, sure. Uh, and we understand. We yeah, understand. yeah. Um, the guy was working on building his collection of uh, all of the Ditko issues. Uh, yeah, wow. so, and I was like, damn. He said, yeah, I'm down to, like, w- maybe one issue every two years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it gets, it gets pricey. That those are uh, it does. Your yeah. wife's been a champ though. My wife's been pretty good. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> no I read, pun intended. I read the uh, the number two entry. Yes, that was a big one. Yeah, that yeah. was, and that was kind of like I always felt her acknowledgement of like, all right, I, I'm in for the for the long haul. But it was my my thirtieth birthday, so she's like, I, I, I can't get you one because that's just way too damn expensive. Sure, but, yeah. but I'll get you number two. And what uh, what do you think are your favorite? Are, are your favorite posts or favorite stories that you've posted on the blog um, regarding? Yeah, um, I I like fifty a lot. Yeah, because and it's it's another story about my wife, but that was actually 
50 is another one of those kind of, you know, I, there's always like these key, the, you talk about the key issues, but then there's like the key issues for me as a collector. And 50 yeah. was one of them because this actually came on the heels of that huge box of comics. And it's, I was still at that point where I was like, yeah, I mean, I had a lot of the issues, but I wasn't certain if I was going to go all the way back. And, yeah. And um, <clears throat> she got me 50 for uh, our first wedding anniversary. And 50 is, you know, Spider-Man No More. For yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, super duper historic issue. And, and, you know, because, you know, the first one anniversary is the paper anniversary, so that was, like, her clever way. Like, it's paper, oh, and I'm like, that's, oh, I, got her, like uh, I got her tickets to a show, and I was like, oh, look, I guess that's paper, and yeah. she, she gets me this, and I'm like, oh, like, you're so much better than me. <laughs> <laughs> and it just kind of, like, defined, it defined, like, where this was going, I mean, because it really was kind of this, like, seminal moment for me like yeah. oh wow this is like a really important piece of history of this title and you know and she's kind of giving me her blessing to yeah yeah go ahead and and keep doing this because <laughs> there's always been moments where like she'll just be like I, I don't talk about the finances about it too much with her. <laughs> sure um yeah and there'll always be these moments every once in a while where it's kind of like how many comics you get this month? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> what comics? <laughs> Are you, um, do you have in your head, like, I don't know, the ideal circumstances for getting number one? Or, like, do you, do you think about that? Like, would that be a thing you just buy online? Or do you have to, like, go to a store to get number one? Or, like, what is that moment? Because that's going to be the last one. Yeah. Um, it, it should be. I yeah. mean, I think that would be poetic. Um, Except we have one for you right next exactly. to you. No! <laughs> um, it was yeah. upstairs, but there was a fire. I'm yeah. so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd like to buy it in person. Yeah. I, you kind of need to see that for yourself. Oh, yeah. Especially with the amount of coin it's going to cause. It's not like... But, I mean... I don't know what the circumstances are. I, I, I think I think I need to get to the point where that's the only one left, and then it's just going to become like, you know, at this point, we got to do it. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's, it's it's right there. You know, um, and I mean there are places that have it and have it in condition that is acceptable that isn't completely debilitating. Yeah, but, nuts. Yeah, but yeah, I just don't think I could like bid on that on eBay and then like kind of tr- you know trust myself to the wolves of the internet. You know? Yeah. Like, and it does. It feels like. I mean, I have that experience. Like being like, "I'll can I see like the X Men '95?" And then yeah. I hand it to you, mm-hmm. and you're like, I'm, "I'll take this. Yeah. I will. I will buy this." Like, I just feel yeah. like that feeling is just like. There was a there's there's a definite sort of like rush. It's it's exciting. It's 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 really exciting. There are key issues that I still want to own and. Uh, uh, picking, I picked up a couple last year. Like I got the first black costume, mm. and I'd had, I'd already had a shitty copy of Secret Wars Eight, and I, they they had like a pristine copy, and I talked them way down, which also felt really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was like, because I, I got, I got Amazing Two Fifty Two, and that nicer copy of Secret Wars Eight, both from the same guy, and I was like, I'll get them both, right? And like aggressively talked him down, and then he agreed, and I was like. <gasps> Yeah, right. Not only do I own them, but I did that. <laughs> See, I'm actually the worst negotiator in the world. Yeah, and and like one of my one of my favorite blog entries is around uh, Spider-Man. I mean, Spider-Man 40, which is uh, green, the Green Goblin origin. It's the second Ramita issue. Yeah. Um, and I was in high school. I was at a comic book show, and literally the guy, the guy's closing up shop. Like it's like four o'clock. Everyone's getting off the floor, and um, he, he you know he had his little box of comics and I, I go I pick out 40 and it was like maybe he started like 50 bucks for it or something and I'm like oh will you, will you take 45 for it and the guy's like whatever I just want to get out of here sure whatever <laughs> yeah, yeah. I go into my wallet and like I only had like $39 on my name like this yeah. is all I got and he's like just give it to me man get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did it! Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm down 11 bucks, I'm awesome. <laughs> I don't think I have ever, like, haggled for a comic or talked oh, really? one down. I think I always just pay what they ask. Uh, last year last year at New York Comic Con, I was uh, I was serious about it. Uh, and it started, it almost started as an argument, because I wanted a couple, I wanted three copies of Batman 13, yeah. that Joker that first Joker. Like gimmick and good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I uh, 
I there was one guy that had them and he was trying to sell them to me for ten bucks each and I said how about cover price and he goes please you see how many he's like this is a really hot book on the floor and I go yeah but you're from South Carolina and if you don't sell these to me you have to put those back in your car <laughs> and you have to drive back and you have to tell your boss that you had an opportunity to sell these and you didn't so you sell them to me for cover price you don't have to pack them back up and he just stared at me and went. Fine. <laughs> and somebody <laughs> walked away. Some other guy did. Uh, sold them to me, and I Jeez. said, "All right." It's like some Don Draper bullshit happening. Yeah. <laughs> the closest they like, I found Uncanny. Uh, I used to like Uncanny Two Sixty Six Gambit's first appearance when I was like, I don't know, fourth grade, and I think I just traded them. I think I used to trade them trading cards. I'm I'm big on this like weird bartering system. <laughs> yeah. Where like you trade things and get a discount on the price. I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah. That's all I I don't think I've ever haggled anything. Oh. I did. Uh my my sister's first husband, my sister's twelve years older than me, so she was like nineteen, I was seven. So I'm like a seven year old kid. At her husband's family's house, and his older brother is a lot of basically my my in laws' house. Sure, his old my brother in law's older brother had like I discovered under his bed a bunch of eighties Marvel comics, and I just started reading X Men, and I found X Men two thirty six, oh. the issue where with Wolverine and Rogue hanging upside down with the Genosian magistrates. Yeah, uh, yeah, greetings from Genosia. Uh, and he had two copies of them, and I agon- <laughs> I agonized <laughs> about it. Put him under the bed, went home, asked my mom if he thought he would give it to me. Yeah. And she was yeah. like, just ask him. Yeah. He has two. Yeah. <clears throat> Though I went back the next day and asked him and he gave it to me. But that was even like, I had to agonize overnight about asking if someone would give me their extra copy of a random issue that was under his bed. Yeah. He wasn't even reading. Oh, jeez. You guys are much better at this than I am. <laughs> I'm just say, I think the only time I actually flat out bartered was I went to my, my as a kid a local comic book shop I had a copy of Beavis and Butthead number one yes yeah yes yeah. Uh, Rick Parker yes <clears throat> Rick Parker did that book and I you know I, I wanted more Spider-Man so I said you know I, I thought they were just gonna give me money and the guy was just like I just go through the the dollar box and pull out whatever, and I got like I walked out with like twenty nineties Spider Man issues. Yeah, like, yeah, like Bagley Spider Man stuff. I'm like, all right, there we go. <laughs> that was another. Was that? Oh no, it was Ren and Stimpy number one that had uh, the gross air freshener by Dan Slott. Oh, yeah. that's right. And yeah, and and yeah. Slott then wrote the Ren and Stimpy Spider Man crossover, which was technically his first Spider Man story. Yes, without powdered toast man. Get that? I don't have it, oh. but I, I should get that. Yeah. Um, yeah, the the Beavis and I still have the Beavis and Butthead trade, and <laughs> they there were one page like they were all short stories in the book, and every issue had at least two pages where they would riff off of uh, fake pages, fake random pages from other uh, superhero books, and like make fun of them. Like there's a fight yeah. between like Venom and Spider Man, and like the same way they would make fun of music videos. Yeah, uh, it was an interesting format. <laughs> Awesome. Oh, the 90s. <laughs> oh, the 90s. That sums up the talk, I think. Yeah. Don't, don't ever change. <laughs> no. It can't. It's all chromium. That's, it's really hard to change. Yeah, yeah. It's like near impossible, it's you embossed. guys. <laughs> yeah. It's embossed in our memories forevermore. Well, it's really great having you on the show. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for coming in and hanging out. Oh, I thought this was fun. Thanks again for, yeah. for having me and, you know, not not testing my, my knowledge of all minor details. As <laughs> no, that's not what it's about. It's about, it, you know, and at the end of the day, I really like this conversation because what it is about is it's it's about the emotional connection that you have with these stories. And I think that's why... We like your blog so much. Is that your your entire story is literally just that? It's it's the emotional connection and it's the feeling that you get uh, picking these books up and and retracing your steps and and finding and finding those beats within the stories themselves too that make you feel like for at least a few seconds you're a superhero too. Yeah. Well, I should have you like write my little jacket cover description. <laughs> yeah. I'm available for bar mitzvahs and children's parties. <laughs> uh, it's uh, we're getting real close to the outlet, so it sounds like it's plug time. Oh, okay, yeah, Mark, go for it. <laughs> just, just knock, knock the phone over. <clears throat> and now I'm coughing. <clears throat> <laughs> plug time. Yeah. Sorry. 
Um, yeah, so you can find me uh, on ChasingAmazingBlog.com. Um, I also have the, the weekly Gimmick or Good column at Comics Should Be Good. And uh, for the podcasting folks, I have Superior Spider Talk, where we talk about the new issues and reviews and all that kind of stuff. Excellent. Sounds great. Yeah. Uh, and are you on? Are you on Twitter? Any social media? Oh yes, yes. Yeah, sorry, Twitter too. Yes, I'm, you can you can follow me on Twitter at Chasing ASM Blog. Uh, someone decided to take Chasing Amazing on Twitter before me, so it's, you know. And it's probably unused, I'm sure. Like, uh, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's like, this of always course. happens. That's, yep. Jerks! Same thing with ChasingAmazing.com. It's, there's been a coming soon banner on that site for the last, like, four years. But, of course. Um, so, yes, yeah, so at Chasing ASM blog, and you, I also have a Facebook page, which is, uh, you know, Facebook slash whatever, Chasing Amazing, so... So that concludes our talk with the proprietor of Chasing Amazing and Gimmick or Good, Mr. Mark Giannacchio. Thank you again for coming in. Thank you. Really liked it. Uh, we have uh, another book club pick for you next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, We're going to be reading Criminal, issues one through five, with uh, Hot 97 DJ and radio personality, comedian and funny man, Sypha Sounds. Whoa! Er, er, er. Um, is, that, is that the Coward Arc? Isn't it called Coward? I believe it is. First one? Yeah. Yeah, just look it up. Come on. Yeah. Do some work. We will have links to it on our website, mattandbrettlovecomics.com. You can click through to the Amazon links uh, on our show page, which kicks a few shekels back to us at no cost to you. We will also have links to the books on Comixology yeah. on the site and in the show notes. Uh, while you're there, you might as well check through, check through our back issues where you can actually talk. You can listen to a bunch of Spider-Man related stuff. For example, our <laughs> the ep- the episode where we talk about Amazing Spider-Man right after we saw it in the theater with Ms. Lauren Hunter and uh, Katie Heatherwurstberg and Sebastian Deacon. Yeah, uh, we <laughs> didn't have the best things to say about it. I've cooled since then, though. You have, you I've have cooled a little bit. I'm super excited for the sequel. I don't know. Um, or you can also check out our issue where we read four different versions of Spidey's origin ooh, with Amazing Ms. Fantasy 15. Amazing Fantasy 15. Uh, Untold un- 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 Tales? No, no, no. Uh, uh, Spider-Man Chapter 1. Spider-Man Chapter 1, number 1. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's what it was. And then Ultimate Spider-Man, number 1. Ultimate Spider-Man, number 1. And then Miles Morales, Ultimate Spider-Man, number yes. 1. Uh, so you can check those out. That was with Mr. Curtis Rutherford and Miss Katie healy Wurzberg again. And if you want to hear us talk about some 60s Spider-Man, you can listen to our Deadpool episode. Yeah, with Michael Hartney. Where we discuss Deadpool number 11, which is where he transports back in time into Amazing Spider-Man number... 46? 40. Yeah, I think that's 46 ish right. with Craven. 46, 48. Uh, so in there. We, we do a lot of talking about 60s Stanley Hipcat dialogue. Yes. It's really great. If you want to interact with us, you can jump on Facebook and talk to us there. Uh, Facebook.com slash They Love Comics, where we are now giving away digital download codes. Yeah, guys, if you want those codes, I don't know, every five likes we're going to release a code. There you I'm go. trying to do something. There you go. We're holding them hostage. For every five likes, we will release a code. Yeah. <laughs> As always, thanks to our producer, Benjamin Regeeb, who does everything we don't know how to do. Uh, also, please tell all your buds about yeah. this show. You guys are our best spokespeople, and we appreciate that you are hanging out with us online, talking to us about it. Uh, you're the best. You're the best. Don't forget that. Yeah. Don't ever forget it. Don't you. For, I, no, I can't sing it. I'm not going to do that to you guys. <laughs> uh, so, come back next week. We'll be li- uh, reading Criminal 1 through 5 with Cypher Sounds. Until then, this is Matt. This is Brad. And we, we love, love comics. comics. It's true. Why are you pointing at me? <laughs> <laughs> so I always like doing things.